broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Nations Friday rolling on. Good to be with you. Thanks for being with us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew is somewhere around here doing something on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. Let me reiterate as I uh, get set here with this hour. Recorded today. Earlier today. It was in the morning, in fact. In fact, Tom and I were doing the show as the sun was coming up right outside my window. It was beautiful. And uh, we had time to reflect on Mike Martin in hour one. Yet again, I enjoyed that thoroughly. If you missed that, I strongly recommend you go back and uh, and listen to that. Just some fun memories to and and, and really a way to kind of quantify the time and and the stretch of uh, of dominance from Florida State baseball, and then a little bit, of course, also about the man himself. I went to break a moment ago talking about a linebacker, guys, and his name is Cam Riley, and Tom's going to put him up on the. Screen for those of you watching on War Chant TV. Get a load of that dude, all right? So he is 6'5", 242 pounds. Uh, had two and a half sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, 32 tackles overall last year for Auburn. He makes his way in. Uh, I'd say that's a thumper, Tom. That is a thumper. That's a guy that's going to help you when you are facing a team that wants to run the ball. And I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of bad Auburn football last year, so I got to be honest with you. I'll have to really delve down into it and look at whatever I can find on Cam Riley. But I do know that uh, he's an SEC linebacker. He's 6'5", 240. And if you take a look at most of our linebackers in the past, we're a little bit light, a little bit light. This is going to be one of the bigger linebackers. You post him with DJ Lundy, and all of a sudden you want to line up and run the ball? We can go heavy. We can go big. We can play that game. I can meet you in the hole. That is uh, the key here is I think this is a, a depth linebacker who, again, uh, the story might be a little bit different than Sean Murphy, uh, the young man from Alabama, Alabama, who is younger in his career. and Quite a bit lighter and can fly. And was at Alabama where they're, they're turning out linebackers and playing really good defense. Not to say that Cam Riley cannot be a good player. The size, the measurables are there. So he could develop into something even better when he gets here with the opportunity in Tallahassee. But I think this is somebody to fortify your top four rotation. You you just don't have one. And the coaching staff is telling you that the loss of Deloach, the loss of Bethune is not going to be replaced by dudes on the roster. They're not ready right now. You know, in, in normal times when you're operating the way that you should as a program, when you lose a guy, you don't have to dip into the portal to get an immediate replacement. But Florida State is looking to do that, and they've done it twice now, dipping into the state of Alabama for transfer linebackers, assuming that they do land this guy. And the difference between Cam Riley and many others is, well, it's February. He's visiting in February, which means that he can't enroll until after the spring semester. This is, so this would be a summer enrollee. I don't think they're going to worry about the weight room at 6'5", 240 pounds. 
but just getting up to speed on what Florida State does schematically, uh, he would be, if he does say yes to Florida State, a summer enrollee. Yeah, and that's fine. I, I, I really went into the offseason very, very concerned about that position group more than any other, and you guys know that. If you listen to the show, you've heard me prattle on about this quite a bit. It's been annoying. I've been frustrated. I've called out Randy Shannon. I've called out the situation at linebacker for some time. Um, I, I, I don't believe that Florida State is where they need to be at that position. This is a program that aspires to be national championship caliber annually. National championship uh, caliber programs have linebackers ready and waiting. They have the requisite depth and size and speed, and they make plays. And, you know, we just haven't seen a degree of consistency that I'd like. We haven't had the depth. Now, you've had guys who played with a ton of heart and played pretty well. Um, obviously you had guys who had a ton of, of snaps under their belt, uh, and Tatum Bethune and Kayla Deloach. You just referenced those two, but those were all you had. You didn't feel good after that. And if any of those guys got dinged and they had years where they did, you were in real trouble. And, uh, I, I think there's inconsistency with the other linebackers that have played that includes DJ Lundy. And so I think you need to have uh, a variety at that position. I understand the game has gone away from what it used to be. You used to see a lot of four, three, you had three linebackers out there in a traditional sense. You had a, a Mike linebacker and a will linebacker. You know, we, we would all look out there. You'd see under the old guides, OLB and MLB, right? You had middle linebacker and outside linebacker and all those things. And the game's changed. And a lot of teams kind of take the field with two linebackers at any given time. And, and they'll have an, a, another corner or safety uh, guys that can cover, but also can come up and be good against the run. But occasionally you'll get trapped. And this happens a lot in the SEC where you're playing a really physical team that wants to run downhill. Uh, it's a team that is going to try to bully you. They've got a 235 pound back to go along with a huge offensive line. They're running double tights. They'll bring in big packages and they're going to challenge you and chin check you early in a game. Because you know as well as I do, if you can't stop the run, guys don't go away from it. You know they, They're going to continue to run. It is the most emasculating way to lose a football game. It is the most devastating way physically and mentally to have to deal with an opposing offense is if they are establishing the run and they're gashing you for six, five, six yards of carry. If you don't have the personnel that can stop that, you're going to lose that football game. Your offense is never going to see the ball. And I've been worried about that for some time now because I kind of felt like had we gotten into the playoff and we deserved to be, that was going to be the area that I was going to be watching so closely because you thought about the opponents, in particular Michigan, Tom, and you thought, okay, they're going to make you show them. They're going to make you. That's what they do. I mean, I, I will credit Harbaugh all day long for this. I love the way, and I know people, a lot of people that are Florida State fans don't agree with me on this. I just like the way that Michigan, the way he built the program. I, I liked what he did. They had a crazy variety of runs and run packages, and they would run. I mean, hell, we saw them beat good teams occasionally or fairly good teams and not throw a pass in the second half. So if you're capable of doing that, you're telling somebody, if you can't stop this, we're going to keep doing it. Penn State, they did it too. So I just want Florida State to be equipped to do that. Like, no, 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 we're not doing that. You're not going to do that to us today. You're going to have to play real football. That's a long-winded way of saying you're going to have to play us honest. You're going to have to scheme this 
with complimentary football and do some other things in order for this to open back up. Getting a big kid like that, going out and bringing other linebackers in, creating some depth is going to be vital. So let's hope this is the beginning of something very important that Florida State's able to accomplish, which is bring in the right types of guys and have them work out well. We have not recruited the position all that well at all. Uh, I do. I mean, there are a couple guys that I'm excited about. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but we need more of them. Hopefully they get the Riley kid. I would say, yeah, the Michigan thing, too, came after a failed experiment because Harbaugh did take a detour from the Stanford plan and tried to go modern and spread. Didn't work for him. And he said, the hell with this. We're just we're just going power. We're, we're going to run it and run it and run it some more. And it worked. And they actually won the national title, which is great because it's going to inject, hopefully, some more variety into college football. I think Florida State's trying to do that to a degree on offense with the the players that they're bringing in. It's, it suggests that they're trying to do it more than they have been in the past, at least defensively, if you were able to land this guy, that now means that you would have 6'5", 240. DJ Lundy is 6'1", 240. Uh, Sean Murphy is 6'2", 225. And then from there, you've got some of the younger players that can continue to battle with Nicholson, Blake Nicholson Justin Cryer, Omar Graham. All three of Justin those players. Justin Cryer has me excited, Tom. I really like the potential of Justin Cryer. Um, not as much with Omar Graham at all. But I do think that... Uh, and Nicholson will be interesting to watch this year, by the way, to bring him up, not to exclude him from this conversation. I was very impressed with his coverage skills last year. Yep. He looked like a glorified safety. Um, he's got to get bigger. He works hard in the weight room. He put on weight while he was here, so I have no reason to believe that he won't get bigger and stronger. And if he retains that speed, um, you got a guy that you can put out there who uh, can cover opposing tight ends, can be a guy that you can trust in coverage. We haven't had a guy in coverage in a long time that you felt very good about. No, correct. Um, and, and somehow, some way, you know, the our top flight opponents and rivals and southeastern teams find dudes that are six one two thirty that can still cover like total freaks. There aren't very many of them. But when you say it out loud and you look at the rotation at that level, like, look, man, nobody killed uh, the efforts or, or not the effort, but the aptitude of Omar, Omar Graham more than me. Like in post game shows, I got a lot of razz for it because it was just it's a 10 10 ball game. It's a 17 10 ball game. Why? Why are we rotating these guys in? But it's a new year. It's a clean slate. Perhaps there's development that comes along to where you can be a rotational piece. He's a young player, so perhaps that's the case. But when you say that you've got now in your top three, Murphy from Alabama, Lundy, if you land this kid, then you get Cam Riley. Then you have the, the trio of the younger players, a couple of young uh, freshmen that are coming in, uh, DeMarco Ward's another player. Like You're just looking for a candidate to land a fourth and fifth linebacker there are more numbers to address the position than you have had in the past. It's just going to be hard to duplicate, I think, what Kalen DeLoach and what Tatum Bethune were when they were healthy year over year. It's going to be very difficult to duplicate that. I think you've got a better chance at creating a similar effect off the edge at defensive end than you do at linebacker because what Kalen meant to this team last year in so many critical moments, you could see it. And then what Tatum Bethune was this year, versus last when he was healthier, you could see the difference there as well. I know he got banged up towards the end of the season, but that was a much better linebacking core in 23 than the season prior. And they were the same two dudes. They were the same two dudes. Those two individuals played with heart. They played with guts. They played with savvy. They were smart. Um, they overcame some things athletically that uh, with, the, with their intelligence. You know, that was, it was important. Uh, Tatum Bethune is a smart football player. 
Yeah, that's Tatum because Kalen's fast as hell. That'll play at the NFL level. That's yeah, Kalen can run. Um, but but Tatum Bethune was the more consistent player, I thought, when he was healthy. When he was healthy, and he had a lot of injuries, but he played a ton of football. And you think about the way that he played through injury. The interception against Louisville in the ACC championship game. I mean, that's it. he's out there on 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 a bad wheel. I mean, he was, you know, that guy. That, that's hard for days. That that drive was all Tatum Bethune. That was absurd. Yeah. He made three brilliant plays on that drive, and Kalen made the play of the year at Clemson. You know, and and Kalen, man, I just I look forward to seeing what he could be at the NFL level. Maybe he's not a down in down out player, but he's got blitzing skills, which the NFL cares about. Straight ahead speed. Can you get to the passer? And then in special teams as well, that dude is that that he's built to be on a roster for a long time at minimum for special teams. But you're trying to recreate that. Maybe Murphy can be that player. Uh, our guy over at Alabama for on three said it was just kind of a numbers deal. It's not a lack of skill. So maybe he shows up here and he has a Jermaine Johnson like effect where you go, well, that's what it's supposed to look like. And, and it's a fixed issue. If you just look at the people that we've brought in from the SEC, and you talk about the clay. Uh, look, man, I mean, we forget about Kierre Thomas. We shouldn't. He was a yeah. fantastic football player. For the most part, they've been home runs. Not all, not all. Um, you know, I, we had a defensive end we brought in from South Carolina last year that. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was average. He was average. I don't think he was better than what you lost to Colorado. Right. Um, yeah. Agreed. But with Jamie Robinson from the SEC. Very good. We can keep going. I mean, obviously, Jermaine Johnson, let's just go there. I mean, comes over from Georgia. Now, they're not all SEC guys. Braden Fisk was very good, and he's from Western Michigan, obviously. But the, the point is, and Jared Verse was phenomenal, and he's from Albany. You, you do find diamonds in a rough occasionally. But for the most part, if you're just talking about athleticism, mm-hmm. I like taking the chances on on these kinds of players from the SEC because, well, it's self-evident. And not only from the SEC, but from Alabama or from Georgia or from LSU. I mean, the chances are those players signed off on and recruiting by the head coaches of those places are going to have the requisite tools. Now you got to make them better players and you got to get them to produce but they are going to have the, – they're the right kind of clay that you're molding. The thing I like, too, is if you get in third and obvious this season and you only want to have one linebacker on the field, you can do it. Oh, you you've got – yeah. Because yeah. Earl Little helps that equation. You know, Earl Little – He's going to be a star. And Shaheem. You know, if you're looking for crossover-type players, hell, to a degree, I know he's going to want to play outside, but AZ Thomas in that specific situation might be able to come in you play somebody else on the outside. Like you're just talking about hybrid body types, and they've got more young players who are capable of doing that too. Just the frames that you're seeing in this, this defensive backcourt, it's the modern-day hybrid. Uh, a corner who's 6'2", we would have thought that's dumb 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You can't do it. You're not quick enough. You're not agile enough. Modern-day athletes are plenty agile enough at 6'1", yeah. with a wingspan of somebody who's 6'3 half or 6'4". Like, so you just got to get me to third and long. And then if you if you are worried about coverage skills, I think we've got enough hybrid type players that if you only feel comfortable with one dude on the field, you can do that. But I like Florida State's chances if they land Cam Riley to impose their will on third and short again. Because you're right, if you could put that dude out there with DJ Lundy, you got some thumpers. There's nearly 500 pounds of linebacker. Oh, that'll yeah, that, work. 
that's going to go a long way. And, you know, I'm glad you bring up Azaria Thomas. I think throughout the, the offseason, his name's going to come up a lot. It just is. I think he's probably on the cusp of his last season at FSU, and I think he's going to have a big, big year. He's got everything you need. And now he's played enough where he's got the savvy of a veteran with the athleticism and that length that we were all impressed with from day one when he stepped foot out there, just hadn't played a lot of football for us. And then he did. And then he started playing more and more and more. And I think, I think he goes into next year without a doubt as a guy to circle uh, as somebody who I think has a huge year. Right. You can't look like that with that length and that fluidity and the ability to switch directions. Uh, he tackles well. There's just so many things I like about him. I think he should be a star of this defense. And he played with fire towards the end of the year, too, because that means he's confident. Now he knows mm -hmm. that, that he knows what he's looking at. It's slowed down for him. And the other thing about AZ Thomas, too, behind the scenes, he's got all the details down. Like this is a very, this is a mature kid who knows the magnitude of the moment. Uh, he, he talked one of his relatives down, though, you'll love this, on social media who was, you know, barking back and forth with a fan about uh, criticisms from, I think, a Miami fan. So you got this back and forth. And AZ says, family, stop commenting on this stuff. This is irrelevant. It's social media. He gets it. He, he gets it. And, oh, you know, I think, by the way, I, I think a lot of guys his age who are elite athletic, ath athletically have had to grow up in the era of social media, have had to, to get used to being in the limelight and being spoken of by other people. And they're more equipped to deal with that than somebody who's a little bit older, somebody who would be a relative, an uncle or, or, or a father figure or a grand, you know, like most you and I, you and I, it's, it's very different. I mean, I see the folly in all of that, but I think people my age react to it more and they get angry if they engage in it. I don't engage in it anymore, but I that, that you can see how that happens. My my kids, they 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 laugh at that stuff. They're like, uh, oh, it's just trolls on the internet. Dad, don't worry about that. That doesn't mean yeah. anything. And then the generation older than you is like, I saw this video on Facebook. Can you <laughs> believe this happened? It didn't happen. You've been lied to. Yeah, no, it's it's brutal. It's Jeff Cameron Show 933 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a 
beer giant thing no. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. get into the red zone as we're wont to do on libations friday thanks to our friend adam tolliver fellow noel adam tolliver by the way we uh we do this every week you guys know it and uh it's a fun one it's a it's a it's a fun fun segment i'm always curious as to what tom's gonna ask me uh for the red zone now that it's not necessary well we're Almost out of football season. But anyhow, the five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after, critical times of thoughtful planning for you and your family and our friend, fellow Noel Adam Tolliver, aforementioned, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. You might be at midfield trying to move on into that red zone. Others are already right there on the goal line looking to punch it in. Make sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money. Protect yourself and your family against rising health care costs. Carefully plan your legacy with my friends at Artisan Financial Strategies. You can do it. 30-plus years of experience, world-class resources. They'll negotiate your financial future so that uh, you don't have to worry about all those things that we lay in bed at night thinking about tossing and turning. Some people have already told me that they have taken me up on the offer to go to NoelRetirement.com. You should, too. NoelRetirement.com. Tommy, let's do this thing, buddy. Welcome to the majesty. Every freaking rep. The elegance. To win the game. Golly, it's the upright. It's no good. You have entered. Someone burned down the funeral home. You burnt the funeral home. Lives will be changed. Sideline. Touchdown. Mothers will cry. When you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. Legacies are etched into eternity. I know who I am. North South Dakota was his brother from West Virginia. This is the Red Zone. That's good to know. Yes, what do you got for me this time around, Tom? All right, so three-pack questions today. Three okay. Pack. And they're about DJU. They're about DJ Uyunglele. So, first question. Yep, yep. first question about DJU. It's predicting, of course, what's going to happen in 2024. If you look at the past three years of DJU's efforts on the ground, the amount of carries he's registered, I'm taking away quarterback sacks. In 2021, DJU logged 84 carries. In 2022, DJU logged 120 carries. And last season, 57 carries. How many carries for DJU in 2024 in this offense? 
You know, I, I, uh, 65. I, I would like to see him have more than that, Tom, but he is not like that's, it's not like asking Jaden Daniels to run mm-hmm. or even Jordan Travis, obviously, who didn't really towards the end of his career want to run. Um, DJ's not that kind of a of an athlete. He's not that kind of a freak. He's not a make you miss sort of guy. He is um, a big, big, strong man who's going to get the tough yards if you need him to. I will say this, and I will qualify it a little bit here. My criticisms of DJU in the past when we saw him at Clemson or we saw him at Oregon State, and he had some good seasons in there. He, when he's good, he's good. He was good against us in Tallahassee. Um, is that I don't think he was always a willing runner. I never felt like he loved to run. He's not afraid. I'm not trying to paint a picture of somebody who's frightened by contact, but I just don't think that was a part of his game that he embraced. It wasn't something that I thought he loved to do. Some guys, I hate to do this, but some guys love to run. Tim Tebow mm. couldn't wait to run. I mean, that, in fact, it was almost a criticism, right? Like that guy wanted to run. And part of that was because he was a really big, strong guy who was not afraid. And frankly, even though he's who he is, it was incredible to watch him run over defenses in the sec. I, 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 you probably won't never see that again. It's very rare. Cam Newton liked to run. He was really good at it. Really, really good at it. And was a monster of a man freak of an athlete dj does not fall in any of those categories or anything close to it he's just a big strong kid so i think you have to have a willingness to run to get the tough yards between the tackles with him i think you have to show that he'll keep and run uh on read option i think you have to see that right you have to you have to show a willingness to tuck it um and i think that Mike will get back to that. I think Norvell will get back to that. I think he wanted to do it a year ago, but I don't believe Jordan Travis wanted to run. And I think Mike realized we had a very good defense. We weren't facing murderer's row of offenses after you got past LSU. So you were going to be able to kind of be in the game until your passing game got clicking until you broke off a long Trey Benson run, created field position, whatever it might be. So he didn't have to run Jordan, so he thought, I won't run him. I won't run him if I don't have to because I don't want him to get hurt because Jordan Travis is not a big guy. DJ is a big guy and can withstand those hits. So I think it's a happy medium there trying to find that, have it be a part of your offense. I just don't think it's a go-to the way it is with certain other quarterbacks. So I'll, I'll add a bonus question. So we'll end up having four. Uh, the last three seasons, DJU has amassed four, seven, and six rushing touchdowns on each season. Over under six and a half, over under six and a half rushing touchdowns for DJU this season. Uh, under. Okay. See, I, I thought you would have been bullish on at least inside the five yard line. You're going to use this kid as a battering ram. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised if they did, but I, I would. I'd try to use them that way, but I don't think Mike will. I, I think that they've got some some options at running back right now that are pretty strong, pretty big stout dudes. And if you're big on the offensive line, you can hand it to a running back. Yes, you can. Uh, Roy Dell will be a good answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kaziah, Cam Davis, all good answers. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see Cam Davis. 
the uh, next question is not about Cam, unfortunately. Sorry, maybe we'll do that next week. We can do yeah. a Cam Davis over under 1,050 yards rushing. <laughs> yeah. Completion percentage, you'll see the pattern here, at least for now. Completion percentage for DJU over the last three years. 2021, 56%. This is rounded to the nearest percent. 2022, 62%. 2023, 57%. What percentage? Is the uh, completion go- rate going to be this year for DJU in Tallahassee? It's going to be over 60%. And here's the thing. It's got to be. Uh, you cannot be a college quarterback and college offenses going against college defenses and not complete over 60% of your passes. It's a huge red flag that he has had a couple of 50-something percent completion percentage uh, seasons. That ain't good. This is not good. And, and, and that is a problem with him. He's not always the most accurate thrower of the football love the arm big cannon for an arm can really make a defense have to play you honest and stretch the field but he misses some easier throws and he can't miss those throws now mike will put him in some friendly situations and i think that will increase the completion percentage um i think we can run quick game with him obviously with the speed you now have on the outside to go along with the height i would say that the you'll see it tick up and it'll be north of 60% this year. Uh, and I think it just needs to be. I mean, he's played a lot of football. He's seen a lot of things now. This should be his best year by far. He's got weapons to throw to. We'll see if this offensive line's good. I think it will be pretty good. Uh, he's got running backs to help alleviate some pressure. I really – he's got a star tied in. Uh, I don't – I don't see a reason it won't be over 60%. Yeah, you get to define after the season just how quarterback-friendly this offense is. I think that's the fun of it. You know, Jonathan Smith's offense is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, just checking out Oregon State a little bit closer after, you know, the, the DJU rumors were surfacing. Yeah. It's a really fun offense. It's multiple as hell. Dare yeah. I say more multiple than we run. Uh, but it can be a little bit more difficult. There aren't as many layup throws. Uh, this offense uh, generates a lot of easy looks. If you're smart enough to handle the pre-snap, which he has to be because that offense was complicated that he's coming from, I agree. It probably should be in the mid-60s when the season's over. I also want to say that I think, you know, I, I saw somebody on the boards quoted me and said, Jeff Cameron just said our offense is going to be better this year than, than last, whatever it was the other day. You were on the boards? Yeah, I went on the boards to to make sure that everything posted for the Q and A from oh, yeah. the Renegade Room. I wanted to make sure that people got their questions answered, and I, you know, um, it was it wasn't a lot of questions, but I wanted to be sure that the video went up and all that. So when I went over there, then I started perusing to see what the topics were, and I went over to the Tribal Council because I was checking out Langston's stuff. I was in the recruiting, but I, I. I Surveyed the whole landscape, Tom. Well, and, hot damn! Yeah. It's like you're at the you're at the flea market. You're saying I'm going to stop at that stand. I'm yeah. going to stop at that stand. I went tribal council. I went tribal council club. I went recruiting premium and renegade room. I did it all, buddy. I was there. I was, and uh, yeah, I I saw where somebody quoted. You said Jeff just said. I didn't look at all the responses, but I saw where Jeff just said that our offense is going to be better than it was last year. I, I believe that. I'm going to stand by that. I, I don't think the offense was great last year. And I think Mike is more multiple than he showed last year, Tom. I think yeah. last year we got in a rut, and it was because he couldn't trust the offensive line. Yeah. And then and they got hurt. And then they got hurt. So you're just – you're finding a way. You're, you're 
Yeah. You're not, you're not dumbing it down because the players know what to run. You're just simplifying it because they're not capable of running. Yeah, I, I don't think people realize. I really don't think people realize that that offense last year was was it was okay. It was just okay. It was not a great offense. Yeah. And um, they they did early in the year a lot of things that I think would have continued to grow. We would have grown some things out of what they were doing that we weren't allowed to because guys got hurt. And I believe Jordan Travis played much of the year a little dinged. And I just – there's just a lot there that we didn't need to get into, we're not allowed to get into. Yeah. I think the offense is way better than it showed last year. And I think we'll be reminded of that if we're healthy this year. You'll see some things where you're like, wow, this offense is more consistent. It's more varied. It's uh, more nuanced than it was a year ago. There, It's more multiple than it was a year ago. And it's going to remind you of the way that he used to scheme things up when we had far less talent. Yeah, the, the part about Jordan, I believe, is true um, about him playing dinged up. But I will say this, so that that's out of the way, the qualifier. If Jordan from 2022 with deep ball accuracy was in last year's offense, my, this would have been. Last year's offense would have been everything that we expected it to be. Yeah. Because that would have opened up so much more underneath and you would have had to play the run a little bit more honest. Like it just, it didn't end up working out that way. But that's a nice segue because the final question, last year, Jordan Travis averaged roughly 275 passing yards per game. He played in the 11th game, but he had four pass attempts and he got hurt. So it's roughly 275 passing yards per game. DJU will go over or under 275 passing yards per game this season. He'll go under that, but it'll be close. They're going to run the ball more effectively. I think they're hell-bent on running the ball more effectively, and I don't think they're going to need him to throw it around the lot as much as they needed Jordan Travis to throw it around the lot. Uh, we had explosive plays from Trey Benson, but we did not have consistency in the run game. And Jordan never hardly ran the ball. And so you didn't have that aspect either. And I just felt like this was a boomer bust sort of offense last year. It was very weird. It, it, it's frustrating, frankly. Um, so I think if they can run the ball at all, you're not going to ask DJ to throw it for close to 300 yards a game. And, and, and that's what you're telling me. I have to choose from, like, if I'm going to take the over, by taking the over as in like, he's throwing for 285, 290 a game. Yeah. I don't think he will. I think it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of 275, 270, something like that, 265. And um, I'm fine with that because I want to run the ball more anyhow. So if you're considering uh, Jordan Travis rushing attempts last year, not including sacks, you're at 59. So basically what you're projecting is DJ is going to run the ball about the same amount as Jordan per game. Maybe, maybe slightly more, maybe slightly more. And Jordan last year completed about 64% of his passes. I think that's the neighborhood you think that DJ is going to operate in under Mike Norvell. And DJ is going to throw for about the same amount of yards as Jordan. So you're going to get a very similar quarterback. But what I'm hearing you say, if you believe the offense is going to be better and you've got a very similar production out of the quarterback, is that we're going to run the ball. We're going to be able to run the ball this season. Well, we'll be able to run the ball and then we'll be healthier. So yeah. I think the explosives will be more frequent. And I think that there will be a, also the types of runs can be very different. You know, I mean, that's the other thing is like DJ may only run 10 more times than, than Jordan, but if there's a willingness to run in short yardage situations, it's a very different kind of run. 
Um, and there may be some cold runs that we didn't really have for Jordan last year. Jordan, you know, they didn't want him to run. So it'll just look different. It'll look different. Just statistically, it may not be that varied, but it'll look different. It Well, it has to. Yeah. Look at those two quarterbacks year over year, and they couldn't look much different. I mean, Jordan. Well, and, and, and I'm going to tell you that, again, Mike, I thought, got into a bit of a rut, and I think he was frustrated. I, I, I don't think that went as well as he had hoped last year offensively. I'm sure his hopes were – well, I know they were. They were sky high going into the season because of the weapons that they added. And then you have that LSU game, and the offense is very good, in particular in the second half. Uh, they really get it moving once Jordan settled down. Not a great first half for him. Um, and then you saw really what it could look like because that's the I mean, that might be the only damn game yeah. where you have everybody at full strength. And you saw what a fresh, healthy, hungry, focused Keon Coleman was. You saw what Johnny Wilson was. You saw what you saw what Jordan Travis was. They had Jaheim Bell looked like another player altogether in that LSU game. There's not another game the rest of the year where Jaheim Bell has that speed because he ends up hurting his ankle somewhere along the way early in the season, and he's never right again. He's never come – he's not close to it. So oh. I, I, they just got to be healthier, I, I, and they got to run the ball to create the balance they want. Okay, so let me steal a question from next week. I actually had one queued up for next week, but because we're talking about how the offense is going to look, last season, 2023, Florida State had exactly two running backs, Rush, or any player, because the quarterback can count here, two players amass over 200 rushing yards. It was Trey Benson at 905, and it was Toa Feely at 463. And then the next closest was Rodney Hill at 190. How many players do you think rush for over 200 yards this season for Florida State? Three. 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 You think it is Kaziah? Yay or nay? Yeah, I think Kaziah will be one. I think Roydell? I think Roydell will be. Well, I should have said four, shouldn't yeah. I? See, this is, that was my test because Kaziah was actually the tell. Yeah, Kaziah is the tell, isn't he? I like Kaziah Holmes. I. It's just hard to imagine you have four guys rush for over 200 yards, though. You could with Toa Feely thrown in there, obviously. that's uh, I keep forgetting about him, and I shouldn't do that. Um, Toa Feely, the Alabama kid. Yeah. I, I guess the real answer is, do I think Cam Davis is going to run for oh, over 200 yards? I, I knew you thought Cam Davis is going to run for over 200 yards. So that well, was I just Do they trust him? Do they trust him? Does he block yeah. when he's in there? Can he block? Because then he'll be, then he'll get more reps. I just think he got. He's a smart kid, and he's a big son of a bitch. I, yep. Maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but I, I'll still say, I'll still say three. Okay, it, it'll be fun to see. That's in spring camp. Like pass pro comes in time. There, you don't have to be perfect at it in spring. Yeah. He should know about pass pro because he was a passer. So he should, yeah. he should take pride in that. It's important. Yeah. yeah. But it's that it's the burst. If he's got the burst, I mean. I think I think the discussion's over about whether he hits 200 yards this year. I think he's got a chance to be a star. It's so rare that you have somebody come in in year one at running back, and I mean a lot of kids come in and contribute in year one at running back. That does happen. You if you can run the ball and you got the right body, you'll get some time. But but it's rare to have a kid be a star. Like Maurice Claret was a star his freshman year at Ohio State. Warwick Dunn was a star at Florida State year one. Um, and that is one of the craziest stories of all time because he was a corner 
but you end up making, you know, and it worked done becomes one of our greatest players. So I don't want to put that kind of heavy burden on a young man like that. Cause it's just, it's rare, but if you're five, 11, five, 10, 225 pounds with that body and that balance, I just, you, I think you can play right away. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's probably so. I mean, Cam was a star his freshman year. That's true. Cam Akers was a star. Cam Akers ran for a thousand yards. He ran. Yeah. And those exactly those weren't heady times for Florida State. Oh no, Cam Cam is probably going to go down as one of the most underrated running backs in Florida State history because the poor guy had to run behind a shoddy ass offensive line, Mm. and that was not a good team. And and he just he carried the day. Yeah, he was very very good, and then he got hurt in the pros. So it's like nobody knows. I got to tell you the story about Cam Akers. That's going to be me twenty years from now at the corner pocket. Like no no no, you got to look at the numbers. Well, remember the trucking he laid on the guy against was a Boise State, and he did it against Miami as well. Miami was a great one, and he and he actually there was a fifty fifty with Derwin James in his first spring game as, yes. as early enrollee. Yeah, and they were both full speed, and it was neutral, and that's when I thought, what? yeah, <laughs> yeah, kid, kid was thick. He had a, a ton of heart. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Artisan Financial Strategies. Remember, go to noelretirement.com to learn more. Find out ways to. Combat rising healthcare costs, save money for your future. Really knowledgeable, really good people. Artisan Financial Strategies, that's noelretirement.com. Come back, wrap it up momentarily on the Jeff Cameron Show. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend, and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to noelretirement.com. Now, that's one word, noelretirement.com. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Tell you about my friends at Social Kitchen. Time to rub some meat. Here we go. Catering, steaks, high-end meats now. This is what we're doing. Take dinner to the next level with this week's prepared meals is an option to look into maybe next week if you guys start your week that way. Put this in your brain now as we head into the weekend. Anytime we're heading into the weekends, I suggest you go see my friend Chef Chris over there. Uh, and and talk to him about the, the various ways to prepare your meat. Um, but uh, you can get prepared meals, and Chef Chris does those, and it's a seamless, hassle-free solution for dinner. And uh, you can order Chef Trio, for example. All three meals 
is the best deal that you get. You got beef, beef stroganoff over there, Bradley sausage and peppers, which doesn't suck. Uh, chicken and rice casserole. There's so many options. Creamy tomatoes, soup to go with all of that. Uh, They're available for pickup or delivery. Uh, you can give them a call, 850-894-6261. Um, you need to place those orders, um, you know, 8 a.m. on a Monday and get your week set, you know, get yourself set up. So uh, I'm loving my relationship with Social Kitchen over here off of Cary Forest. If you're in the Killarn area, swing on in. You'll learn a lot. You'll see what I'm talking about, about the high-end meats. And um, it's always good to educate yourself on how to prepare meals properly or get the ones that prepared for you. So good stuff. Just uh, want to remind you of that. Sausage and peppers. It's a big deal up here. The, the one thing is I'm finding that certain places, certain restaurants, they will cover it in gravy, marinara sauce. And, man, I, I think the sausage and the peppers is just about the roll and the sausage and the peppers. You don't have to cover it in any sauce whatsoever. No, no so you don't. I'm bigger on sauces than you are, but I don't want marinara sauce on my peppers. No, man. Yeah. And I don't I, want marinara sauce on my sausage. And on the bread. I'm sorry. I know people like to dip the bread, you know, and, and but if you're just going to coat it and like, that's why I don't enjoy, um, I, I would even get it with the cheese, like a, a chicken parm sandwich. Like in theory, that's a good idea, but the sauce is what kills it. It's so heavy. Like it just, it's, it's no good. You know what you do? You go to Zaxby's and you get the Texas toast, Tom, oh, and you dip it in the Zach's sauce is what you do. I don't know that I dip it in the Zach's sauce because it already has enough delectable flavors on it. I dip it in the Zach's sauce is what I do. And I get my Texas toast and I <laughs> on, the, on the table and I sit in my stool and I enjoy it. Zaxby's, there are 104 to choose from in Tallahassee, 19 plus years as a Golden Chief booster is my man, Danny. Get you some Zaxby's this weekend. Stop dilly-dallying. So I, I got to share a Rick Patino story um, now that I've been up here. He was on the local news this week talking about revamping the St. John's program. And he's mm. taken New York by storm, even though oh, I think sure. they're 13 and 7. Uh, but they're asking him about you know how, how it's going with the program and, and his philosophies. And he said, you know, the thing is, the most important thing that's happening right now is uh, we've got a good NIL and I don't think that's going anywhere. I don't, you know, we've got a lot of St. John's alum who are tired of, of being down and we've got a lot of people who want St. John's alum that are very interested and, and <laughs> <laughs> that are very interested. I don't think that's going anywhere. And I'm like, okay, you know, doesn't that, doesn't that just remind you of a certain somebody referencing LA County? I mean, yes. it's, just, it's just you're like really yes hearing from strangers are you out there rick that are uh, interested in st john's and i know <laughs> so rick's giving money to people to give back to the program i think is what's going on there yeah. in one in one facet but i just i like he's like the facilities we're doing good things but we got a strong nil yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think what he's doing is he's making sure that all the boroughs that are watching the local news understand that if you've got a kid who can play, we've got money for you. We've it's got enjoyable. money for your kid. Yeah, that is so absolutely perfect. Well, it's a weekend of no football, and that hurts the soul a little bit, admittedly, as we get set. But I will think fondly of baseball instead and for a lot of reasons. And I've enjoyed talking with you and everybody out there about Mike Martin. And I do want to express, as we're getting set to sign off one more time, uh, my condolences uh, to Carol and the rest of the Martin family. 
Uh, I got to know them over the years very well. And I, uh, always appreciated them, always appreciated who they were as people. And, uh, you know, I, a funny final thing here. I, I, I failed to bring this up yesterday. I went to Salem, Virginia for the ACC tournament with Matt Millar. We nearly lost our lives on the trip there as it was a deluge and we were driving through the night. That's the trip, Tom, where I found a Dunkin' Donuts and the yellow pages and we drove there and it was burnt to the ground. <laughs> I was furious. Anyhow, um, that trip, that tournament was held. It was a really, it's a minor league baseball park in Salem, Virginia. And we were sitting there. I sat next to Mike Martin and watched an entire game between two other teams. And we just talked baseball. Oh man. And I thought about that just now. And that was cool. And Carol came and sat down next to me. And we and talked baseball, and then I would turn and talk to her about family, and then back to Mike, and good times. So rest in peace, Mike Martin. Uh, you guys have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again on Monday. Be well, everybody.